I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, crap. Is that who I think it is? Gabby, my girlfriend, looked in the direction I was looking at. Who is it? Just then, my stepmother, Nicole, walked up to the bar. Hey, let me get a martini. She looked across at Gabby before returning her gaze to me. Follow me now. We walked out of the bar and she turned to me. So this is why you asked your father to let you live away from home? She said, waving her hand at the building. Look, I... I'm really not interested in anything you have to say. I know about your little trust fund that daddy handed over when you turned 18. So unless you want daddy to catch a hissy fit about this little activity that you are doing, you will supply all of my demands since your daddy decided to put me on a budget. Nicole smiled slyly as she ran her hand along my jawline. She turned and cackled as she walked inside. Before I continue, let me introduce myself. I'm Preston. Just a quick reminder to like this video and subscribe to our channel. Smash that notification bell so every time one of our crazy videos comes out, you'll be notified. Your phone's ringing. Gabby yelled into the kitchen. I'm coming. I piled the snacks and drinks onto the tray and hustled to the living room. I placed the tray on the center table and grabbed my phone. I rolled my eyes and answered. What do you want, Nicole? I hope it's not an attitude that I'm detecting from you. Anyway, did you deposit the $5,000 into my account like I told you to? Yes, Nicole. Good. And next time you decide to catch an attitude, I just might let it slip to your father about what I saw a few weeks ago. Don't you ever forget whose game this is. The phone went dead. I sank down into the sofa beside Gabby and rubbed my temples. What did the Wicked Witch of the West want now? The same thing she's wanted ever since she laid eyes on me. To ruin my life. I never knew my mother growing up. Dad said that she woke up one day and decided she didn't want to be a wife and a mother anymore, so she left. When I was around age 12, Dad married Nicole. I'm not sure if he married her for love or to keep an extra set of eyes on me. And I knew Nicole only married Dad for his money. Sometimes I wish I could hold her up to the light and show Dad how fake she was. You know, just how you can identify fake money. Anyway, I couldn't wait to get out of the house from Dad and Nicole. I wasn't allowed to do anything I wanted at home, and Dad always told me that one day I would take over his company. 
Dad said that he would pay my tuition for college only if I went to the same college that he did. I convinced him, however, to let me live away from home. He said if he heard me getting into any mischief outside, that I would have to return home to live. Which brings us back to my present dilemma. What is she trying to blackmail you for now? Gabby looked at me amused. She said she's going to tell Dad about me working at the bar. If she does tell him, then I have no choice but to go back home and live there. Dad is looking for any opportunity to get me back under his roof. And Nicole knows this. She knows about the trust fund, and now she's extorting money from me. The only way to stop someone from blackmailing you is to find something that you can blackmail them for. It's quite simple if you ask me. Gabby smiled, a twinkle in her eyes. It's time to put on your big boy pants and deal with Nicole on a different level. I knew there was a reason I liked you. I laughed. <laughs> I like the way you think. Gabby and I decided that we would take turns following Nicole. We thought that this would be better since Dad was a well-known businessman. We didn't want to risk hiring outside help and then get blackmailed for what he found on Nicole. After following Nicole for about three weeks, we couldn't find anything out of the ordinary to blackmail Nicole with. We did find out, however, that she was seeing a counselor a few days a week, which we found odd, but we couldn't get past the lobby if we didn't have an appointment. I decided that I would become a client of her counselor to see if I could get something that we could hold against Nicole. As I waited for an elevator to head to my first meeting with the counselor, the elevator doors opened and I turned around quickly as I noticed Nicole in the elevator. I looked over my shoulder to make sure she left the building before waiting for another elevator to head to my meeting. Phew, that was close. I sat outside his door until the secretary told me it was okay to enter. I opened the door and saw an older gentleman sitting next to a sofa. He stood and welcomed me. He introduced himself as Mr. Khan. The only thing on his desk was a photo of a young girl around age five. I surveyed the room with my eyes to see if anything stood out about the counselor, but nothing did. Preston. Mr. Khan's voice jolted me back to reality. Are you ready to begin? I nodded my head and we began our session. Nothing out of the ordinary happened for the first few weeks. I almost forgot that I was there to get information that I could blackmail Nicole with. Until one session changed all of that. I'm sorry, Mr. Khan. His secretary burst into the room. I told her that you were in a session, but she insisted on seeing you now. I've been calling you for the past 30 minutes. Nicole pushed the secretary aside. She was so focused on Mr. Khan that I was invisible to her. We have to go and check on Patrice now. You remember her, your daughter? The doctor said something came up. Let's go. Nicole stormed out of the office. Mr. Khan cleared his throat. <clears throat> Sorry about the interruption. How about we pick this up another day? I nodded and opened the door cautiously. I peeked outside to make sure that Nicole was nowhere around. As I made my way out of the building, I called Gabby and told her that I finally found something on Nicole. We decided to meet in my apartment that night. Okay, so what did you find out about the wench? Gabby asked as soon as I opened the door for her. She barged into my sessions today. I don't even think she realized I was there. Get to the meat of the combo. What did you find out? Gabby was impatient. Apparently, I walked towards my laptop and sat down. Nicole has a daughter, and apparently with the doctor. I thought that maybe if I looked for Nicole's name or the doctor's on the internet, that maybe something about their daughter would pop up. Well, it's worth a shot. Check for any type of accidents that could have occurred as well. We couldn't find anything on Nicole or the doctor. We got lucky when an article popped up and a picture with Mr. Khan, Nicole, and a teenager popped up. About nine years ago, a drunk driver hit a 16-year-old girl, Nyla George, while she was crossing the street. The article said that one person died that day. No name of the person who died or the driver was mentioned. If she's still married to Mr. Khan, then that means she and dad aren't married. 
But why go through all the charade? We'll need to find out Mr. Khan's and Nicole's real names to piece the puzzle together. Tomorrow, we head for the hospital. The next day, Gabby and I entered the hospital. Gabby said that she was looking for her cousin, Nyla George. The receptionist gave her the name of the room number and we went in search of the room. We decided that Gabby would sneak into the room while I stood guard since patients' files were kept in their rooms. I sat with a magazine right outside Nyla's room as Gabby went in. After a few seconds, Gabby came out. Just as she was about to close the door, the doctor came around the corner. Hey, what are you two doing? Let's go. I grabbed Gabby's hand and ran out of the hospital before the security guard caught up with us. We jumped into the car and sped out of the hospital parking lot. When we were a good way off, I turned to Gabby. So, are you going to keep me in suspense? What did you find out? Nicole's real name is Afia George, and Mr. Khan's real name is David George. But why the aliases? I looked at Gabby, who was now looking through her phone. I just found another article where Nicole spoke out about the cover-up of the identity of the drunk driver who also killed his wife. The car screeched to a halt. The sounds of angry drivers and car horns zoomed past. Before she even said the name, I knew who it was. A feeling of dread washed over me. The name of the drunk driver was Alvin Bird. Alvin Bird. That was my dad's name. I turned the car around and headed for dad's office. For the past nine years, he made me believe that my mother walked out on me. For nine years, he made me believe that she was the bad one, only to find out that he had killed her because of his drunk driving. My fingers clenched the steering wheel as I zigzagged through the traffic. I pulled up to my dad's office and ran into the building. I climbed the stairs two at a time until I reached his office floor. I pushed open every conference and office door calling for him until someone told me that he already left for the day. I ran downstairs and headed back to the car. When I got to the car, Gabby was standing outside with her arms folded. I'm not getting back in there with you if that's how you are going to drive. Well, suit yourself. I hopped into the driver's seat and sped off, leaving Gabby in the parking lot. I tried calling Dad as I raced to the house, but it went straight to voicemail. I pulled up into the driveway, hopped out of the car, and ran into the house. Dad, where are you? Mr. and Mrs. Bird left a few minutes ago, the housekeeper said. Do you know where they went? He told me this morning he had some meeting with a counselor. Thanks. I went back to the car frustrated and slammed my hands on the wheel. Damn it! I ran my hands through my hair. I pulled out my phone and called the police. I told them that there was a kidnapping, and I told them where Dad was being kept. As I hung up, I hoped that I was right about the location and that Dad was okay. By the time I got to the counselor's office, the parking lot only had two cars, and one was Dad's. I walked cautiously towards the building. One guard was making his rounds outside. When he moved to the back of the building, I slipped inside. The other guard was sitting in the chair by the monitors with his head tilted back. I bolted up the steps until I came to the floor with Mr. Khan's office. I looked around. The hallway was clear. I went to the door and turned the knob slowly and pushed it. Nothing. The door was locked. I pressed my ear on the door as I tried to hear anything that would let me know if Dad was okay. But the door was too thick. I decided to squeeze under the secretary's desk and hide, which was covered on all sides until the door opened. A few minutes later, I heard the door open. I peeped around the desk and watched as Nicole stormed out of the office. I silently edged my way to the door before it closed and slipped inside the office. In front of me, Mr. Khan's back was turned to me as he landed another blow onto my father's face. I walked up to Mr. Khan, spun him around and landed a blow to his right cheek. Mr. Khan and I scuffled around the office, knocking over things and finding anything we could get our hands on to get the upper hand over the other. I was finally able to knock out Mr. Khan and sat on the floor next to him exhausted. So 
Suddenly, I heard a noise behind me and spun around. I watched in shock as Nicole collapsed over me. Gabby looked down at the both of us with a smug smile as she casually held a baseball bat on her shoulder. You always go into battle prepared. She winked at me. I smiled. I pushed Nicole off me and Gabby and I untied Dad and placed him to lie on the floor. He was barely conscious. We used the ropes to tie up Mr. Khan and Nicole. While we were doing that, the police came. We told them everything we knew as they hauled Nicole and Mr. Khan away. Dad was taken to the hospital. Are you okay? Gabby glanced at me concerned. Yeah, I'm fine. Meet over at my place? There's something I need to do first. She nodded. That night, I finished moving all of my things from Dad's. I also cleared out his safe and the money from the trust fund into another account. When I got to the apartment, I told Gabby that I wasn't sure if I could forgive Dad for lying to me about Mom. It was time that I lived life by my rules. I dropped out of college and went to a community college that I could afford. Gabby and I moved in together, and I continued working part-time as a bartender. One night before going to bed, my phone rang. Who's calling this late? Gabby looked at me. It was Dad. Nobody. I switched off the phone, turned off the light, and went to bed. Meanwhile, at the hospital... Nyla's eyes fluttered open. Doctor, she's finally awake! The nurse yelled into the hall. Ever since I was in high school, I wanted to start my own business. The idea of becoming the boss of my own company and managing a group of employees under me really fascinated me. When I told this to my dad, he looked at me as if I had lost my mind. Ethan, just focus on your studies and find a proper job. You already know that we can't afford to invest in some risky business. He shook his head. It's already hard enough to pay for your school. I never asked you to invest, Dad. I told him. I've done some research, and I think I can take out a loan, and... You'll do no such thing! Dad suddenly interrupted me. We're already under a huge debt. Don't make things worse. That was the end of the conversation. It was clear that my family wasn't going to support me in my decision. So, I moved out as soon as I turned 18. I only had a meager amount of savings with me, which I used to rent a small room in a shady part of the city. And obviously, I didn't have money for college, so that was out of the question. But I wasn't going to give up on my dream. I spent about two weeks in my cramped room, forming a business plan and presentation. I was confident about my ideas. Now, I just had to impress the bank manager and take out a loan to get started. I was stopped at the entrance of the bank by the security guard. He measured me from head to toe, narrowing his eyes at my clothes. This isn't a place for homeless people. Eh, go back, he sneered. Excuse me? I glared at him. Is that how you talk to your customers? I'm here for some work. He blocked my way and started arguing with me. Just then, a man wearing a crisp black suit stepped out of the bank. My eyes fell on his ID card. He was the bank manager, Daniel. What's going on? What's all this ruckus? Daniel frowned and then took in my appearance. What's with those filthy clothes? Who allowed you to come here? I was shocked at his tone. Um, I'm sorry, but how does my coming here relate to my clothes? I'm just a regular customer of this bank, and I wanted to take out a loan for my business. I made a detailed proposal and wanted to discuss it with you. Daniel started laughing. <laughs> Are you serious? Customer of this bank? I bet you don't even have a single penny in your account. That was true, but he didn't have to humiliate me for it. 
Who the heck made this rude guy the bank manager? He snatched the papers containing the business details from my hand and tossed them in the dustbin. I froze in my spot, unable to form words. Stop wasting my time, he yawned. This bank is no place for illiterates like you. The security guard started dragging me away from the entrance. My body was trembling with rage. You're going to regret this, I yelled at Daniel. I'll come back again and get you kicked out of here. Then we'll see who's the real illiterate one here. He just rolled his eyes. Yeah, 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 keep dreaming. I got back home and fell into despair. What happened at the bank was something I could never have anticipated. That guy not only insulted me, but also belittled my dreams. I was feeling hopeless and defeated. When my doorbell suddenly rang. That was weird. I never get visitors. I opened to find two women standing in front of me. Um, hi, I'm Jessica, Daniel's wife, and this is my daughter, Bella. The older lady introduced while pointing toward her daughter. I crossed my arms across my chest. What? Did Daniel send you to ridicule me further? Go ahead and make fun of my living conditions. I want to see what you come up with. Oh, no. Please don't lump me together with that loser. Bella made a face. I'm already ashamed to be related to him. Huh? Was she being serious? We saw everything that happened at the bank, Jessica said sadly. I'm really sorry about Daniel. I must have been really out of my mind when I fell in love with that man. Seriously, Mom? Bella sighed, touching my arm. You should have chosen someone like Ethan. He's so cool and composed, not to mention insanely smart. Jessica smiled. Well, I can always choose him now. My eyes wide. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ident. Uh just what was going on? Both of them started laughing when they saw how puzzled I was. Sorry to confuse you. I was talking about your business proposal. Jessica waved some papers in front of me. Bella and I picked it out from the trash, and it was definitely worth it. This is a genius plan. We're interested in investing. My jaw dropped. Uh, wait, what? You mean you want to fund my startup? Yes, Ethan. Bella nodded, coming closer to me. We really like your ideas. And 
I think it's going to be successful. If funding is the problem, then leave it to us. Could this day get any more bizarre? First, I was kicked out by the bank manager, and now his wife and daughter wanted to help me? Well, I wasn't complaining. It's not like I had anything to lose, so I thanked them and agreed to their suggestion. And within the next few days, I had my own office in front of the very same bank that had refused my entry. Bella and Jessica may have helped me with it, but I was still very careful not to waste a single penny. My lifestyle hadn't changed. I was surviving on instant noodles and wearing rag-like clothes. Any and every profit that I made from my business was reinvested back into it. Of course, my work didn't go unnoticed by Daniel. Him and his stupid colleagues were obsessed with me. Yeah, obsessed is the right word for it. They couldn't just leave me alone. They made it a point to stop by my office every day and make sarcastic comments in front of my clients and customers. Thankfully for me, my clients had brains and didn't pay attention to them. One day, they played a really humiliating prank on me. I came to my office and was bathed with dirty sewage water as soon as I opened the door. I heard loud laughter and looked up to find Daniel and his friends watching me and clicking pictures on their phone. Would you look at that? Is that a new trend among homeless people these days? Daniel sneered. <laughs> your childishness makes me believe that you're back in 8th grade, Daniel. I smirked. Make sure you take your lessons properly this time. Don't want you growing into an illiterate and immature adult again. Daniel fisted his hands, looking embarrassed as his colleagues snickered at him. But how dare you? Do you think you can... Tad, stop this nonsense! Bella came rushing to my side and gasped when she saw my state. Bella? Uh, what are you doing here? Daniel asked in surprise. I'm here to see Ethan, she replied angrily. I can't believe I just witnessed you pulling pranks on a guy who's like half your age. Are you really that insecure? Uh, 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 what? Daniel's eyes flashed. How can you take his side? I'm your dad. I wish you weren't. Bella yelled at him and I felt sorry for her. I glanced around and noticed Jessica standing in a corner and watching everything silently. She seemed to be equally mad, but her eyes were glued onto Bella's hand that was holding mine. Why did she seem... jealous? Maybe I was just imagining things. I see now! You've been using my daughter's kindness for this crappy business of yours! Daniel glared at me. No matter what you do, you'll never be worthy of her! Don't even get any funny ideas in your head! Shut up! You have no right to say that, Bella intervened. Daniel just huffed and walked away, his minions following after him. Bella turned to me with sad eyes. I'm so sorry, Ethan. You don't deserve to be treated this way. It's fine. It's not your fault anyway. You've already done a lot for me, and I'm really grateful. I can't wait until the day I can pay you back. Bella opened her mouth to protest, but was interrupted by Jessica, who came and just hugged me without warning. Whoa! I'm really dirty right now! I exclaimed. I don't care! Let me just have this moment, Ethan! Jessica sobbed. I'm feeling so ashamed on my husband's behalf! Bella pulled her away from me. Mom, are you crazy? Go and talk to your husband if you're that concerned. Leave Ethan alone! Jessica frowned. 
You're still a kid, Bella. Stay out of this. I watched the two of them in shock as they argued back and forth. Why did it feel like they were competing over me? Whatever. Jessica turned away from Bella and handed me a business card. This is the bank director's contact. He's a really good man. You should talk to him. After she left, Bella grabbed my hand. Ethan? I'm not as influential as my mom, and I can't do much to help you. But I really like you. Will you go out with me? I'd understand if you want to say no. Why would I say no, silly? I smiled and shook my head. I like you too, Bella. And no, it's not because you're helping me or because you're rich. I like you as a person. It'd be a pleasure to date you. That's how Bella and I started dating. Jessica didn't seem very pleased with this and tried to always cause a rift between us. But I ignored her and focused on my business, which had really taken off within a matter of weeks. I was now rich enough to live in a bungalow, wear branded clothes, and drive a Lambo. People were queuing up in front of my workspace for job interviews. The same bank employees who used to mock me were now jealously eyeing my Lambo. Some even applied for a job in my company, but of course I had no use for jerks like them. Now there was only one thing left to do. Meeting the bank director with a very special business proposal, I entered the bank, only to come face to face with Daniel again. Who lets you in? You won't get any loan from this bank! He shrieked. Security! Throw him out! I'm here to meet the director, I said calmly. This world doesn't revolve around you. Get out of my way. But he didn't listen. Once again, the security guard dragged me out. My employees were enraged to see this and started a massive protest rally right outside the bank. Daniel's face went pale. I bet he wasn't expecting this. The media arrived to cover the protest, and moments later, the director arrived too. He immediately walked up to me and escorted me inside. Daniel was sweating buckets at this point. My meeting with the director was not about getting a loan, but rather, I wanted a stake in the bank. Everything went smoothly, and I was able to sign the deal. Everyone was summoned inside, and the director announced me as the majority shareholder. And so the power to take decisions is with Mr. Ethan, he told everyone. And I almost laughed out loud when I saw Daniel's face. He knew he was doomed. This bank will now work on providing loans to young entrepreneurs. And we want employees who recognize talent. And you? I pointed at Daniel. You're fired. And so are your minions. What? You can't do this! He protested. He can, and he did, Bella said, coming to my side and flaunting her engagement ring to the crowd. What do you think now, Dad? Isn't he very worthy of me? She let out a sarcastic smile. Daniel was speechless. Just then, there was a loud shriek and Jessica emerged from the crowd, looking frustrated and angry. And I'm leaving you, you sorry excuse of a human! She tossed the divorce papers at his face. I couldn't help but recall the day I had first met him. I told him he'd regret it. The doors to the mansion opened, and in walked two stylists. They had five assistants each, and each assistant pushed two racks of designer clothes, accessories, and shoes. In no time, our living room turned into a walk-in closet of the finest in French and Italian fashion. Oh. My. God. I could get used to this. 
I want the red Chanel dress. You wish? I saw it first. Fine. You have it. It won't fit you anyway. My new stepmom and stepsister's eyes grew wide. If they could drool right then and there, they would have. I could see the envy, the greed in their faces. They had never seen someone spend that much for clothes. They had never seen anyone be treated like a VVIP. But for me, that was how every day went. My name's Ewan, and I was fortunate enough to be born into a very fortunate family. I lived like a prince since I was a baby, but that doesn't mean I'm spoiled. My mom and dad made sure I grew up knowing the value of a dollar, and how every single cent I spent needed to be something I worked for. Doesn't mean I don't spend it on ridiculous things, just means I worked hard to spend ridiculously. One of the downsides of being mega rich is that I'm constantly surrounded by the wrong people. Sure, I have close friends that I've trusted forever, but there's always people who will try to take advantage of me. A lot of them are girls who want a shortcut to an easy life. Newsflash! Money doesn't make life easier. When I was in high school, the most popular and prettiest girls asked me to prom. I said yes to one of them, thinking I'd met the love of my life. Turned out, she just wanted to get a ride on my Porsche so she could have an awesome entrance on the red carpet. The moment we went into the venue, she barely spoke another word to me. She just left me there. <sighs> Alone. She even told everyone why she asked me to prom, and it was really embarrassing to be used for your money. I developed a really low self-esteem after that. Fast forward to a decade later, and I'm still dating girls who just want what they can get from me. My girlfriend Serena used to be really sweet, but the moment she learned how much money my dad had, that's all she cared about. She would go on massive spending sprees using my card. If I didn't get her what she wanted, or if I don't give her the most lavish gifts, she would pout and give me the cold shoulder. There was one time when she didn't talk to me for a whole month just because I forgot to buy her the right bracelet she wanted. That same weekend, she cheated on me with my best friend just to teach me a lesson. <sighs> but what can I do? I love her. And I guess that's why I date who I date. Because throughout my life, I was never able to believe that someone would love me for who I am. Not for my bank account. I was the only child, so the girls I attracted tended to be those who wanted to marry an heir. I say, was, because now Dad has brought home a new mom for me and two stepsisters. I'm getting really bad vibes from them. I don't know why. I can't quite put a finger on it. But I just feel like there's something... off with them. Anyway, my stepmom's name is Lori, and her two daughters are Cheyenne and Kayla. They just appeared out of nowhere one day. Dad said he met Lori in Vegas. <sighs> Says it's all a blur. They must have fallen in love and were in a whirlwind romance, because Dad said he woke up in his hotel one day and they were married. So anyway, he brought them to our house so they can live there too. They said they had their own businesses and that they come from money. But I'm protective of my dad. He's got a weak heart. Especially after mom passed. So I sent a private investigator to find out the truth. And the truth will shock you. Because I found out that they had no money. They were all flat out broke. And even more, my stepmom and my stepsisters are not related. At all! Yep. Dad had been hoodwinked. Scammed into welcoming even more gold diggers into our house. What's worse is now that dad's health is declining... 
They've got their eyes on me. I guess Dad didn't put them in the will. I didn't have the heart to tell him the truth. I regret that I didn't. I just didn't want him to go while being heartbroken. So their only hope of getting Dad's money is if they fooled his heir, too. Well, joke's on them, because I was two steps ahead. Only a week after we said goodbye to Dad, Tori began making her feelings known. And when my pretended stepsisters saw that Tori was making her move, they kicked into high gear, too. Suddenly, I had three gold diggers after me. Well, four, since we need to count my actual girlfriend. They actually got into a catfight one evening because Serena caught Lori, Kayla, and Cheyenne hitting on me. What is this? What in the name of Sweet Home Alabama is happening? Why are your stepmom and stepsisters trying to kiss you? Babe, it's not what it looks like, I swear. They've been trying to get me to dump you. I was trying to push them off, but they won't leave me alone. How is this disgusting? Hello? We have as much of a right to him as anyone does. Ugh, gross. You're like decades older than him. And you're his mom. Step mom. We're not even related. And she's not our mom. You think this beauty could ever come from that old hag? How dare you talk to me like that after I included you in this gig? I will marry Ewan and you'll never get your share of the money. Excuse me. I'm like right here. Hello? I'm his actual girlfriend. If anyone's entitled to becoming his wife and inheriting all the money, it's me. Get out of here, you filthy gold diggers. I'd had it. I couldn't stand listening to people fight over money. None of them wanted to be with me. All they cared about was being rich. I wanted to explode. I wanted to tell them all to get out of my life. But I had a better idea. What they didn't know is that I told my girlfriend exactly what time to go to my house. She would catch them. And she would confront them. And it would lead to my plan. So, you're all fighting over me, but there can only be one winner. So, why don't you compete for real? The winner gets a date with me. A chance to prove why you deserve to be my wife. I'll smoke the competition. <laughs> As if, old timer. Are you kidding me? I'm the prettiest here. Of course I'll win. Why do I even have to compete? I'm already your girlfriend. The game's already begun. There's no turning back. Everything you do from now on will be judged by me. To start with... I'm hungry. And there's nothing for dinner. That was probably the first time I ever saw any of them in the kitchen. Before they would just let the maids do any work. And now, they were rushing to make the best dinner they had ever made in their lives. Tori made roast chicken with vegetables. Cheyenne made sushi. Kayla made dumplings and noodles. And Serena... Well, she made something that kind of resembled food. I think it was beef. They were all barely edible, but still I had to choose a winner. So I chose Kayla, simply because I liked dumplings and not because hers were any good. The next test came two days later, when I was having a craving for a specific kind of grapes. 
ones that you could only find in northern Japan. The girls panicked. Tori called every grocer in the country. Kayla visited every vineyard for miles around. Meanwhile, Cheyenne called up all her contacts in the restaurant business, contacting all the specialty food suppliers she knew. Serena borrowed money from her parents to fly all the way to Japan to buy the grapes. Tori didn't find any. Neither did Kayla. Cheyenne found me the right grapes, and Serena... <sighs> well, she came back a day late looking like an anime character and showing up with regular grapes she got from the convenience store. It seemed she spent all that money on other things and ran out of it. So in the end, I had to eliminate her from the game. The next competition was something I loved to do. Sailing! The girls all got their own catamarans and they had to race to get to me. I waited for them in the middle of the ocean in my mega yacht, and whoever got there first would go to the finals. From the shore alone, it was chaos. Cheyenne couldn't even get off the shore because she was too scared of the water. And even though Tori and Kayla had already technically won, they still battled it out. The funny thing is, as they raced towards me, Tori kept trying to crash into Kayla's boat, throwing her off course. She even boarded her vessel and sabotaged her, cutting off her main sails. Tori, of course, won, and she got to enjoy the afternoon on the yacht. I decided she won the whole thing since the other two were disqualified for never reaching the yacht. And I took Tori out on the most extravagant dates on Monaco. I shut down an entire restaurant overlooking the harbor and the sunset. I ordered all the most expensive food, the priciest drinks, and at the very end, the gold-dusted premium desserts only the richest can afford. Tori had an amazing time. She gorged herself on everything. She felt victorious. She was so certain that she was going to be the wife of a billionaire. Until I got up from the table. So? You've won. Congratulations! You've proved that you're the best gold digger. You were willing to go to any lengths to get my money. I have to compliment you on your dedication. Anyway... I look forward to our wedding. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go to the little boy's room. Go ahead. I'll be here, waiting for my prince. And she waited, and waited, until the restaurant closed, because I simply slipped out, ran to my yacht, and sailed away. I left her there, stuck with the restaurant bill for a hundred thousand bucks, and stuck in Monaco with no way to go home. After all, the best gold digger should be able to find her way out of it. Thanks to that experience, I met my future wife while sailing home. She was kind and funny. She worked on my yacht, and she didn't even know I owned it. We spent a lot of time together on the trip home. We fell in love. And, at the end, I told her who I was. And then I asked her to be my girlfriend. <laughs> she said yes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 